This is the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast, and I'm your host, Trudy Simmons from the Daisy Chain Group, providing platforms and opportunities for businesswomen to be seen and heard. This platform is for the women entrepreneurs that want to hear the real stories of what it takes to be yourself and run a business with all the different hats that you might have to wear. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership, offering online networking, co-working, collaboration, and monthly masterclasses for you to grow your knowledge. Go to thedaisychaingroup.com for more information. These are the platforms to hear and share the stories of the tenacious, the rebellious, and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they build for themselves and their families. Hello and welcome to the Shine New Crazy Daisy podcast. And today I am thrilled and excited to introduce you to Amisha Joshi from Emotional Fitness Mastery. Amisha, thank you so much for being involved in the book and the podcast. Please tell us about your business. Trudy, thank you so much for having me here and for the wonderful opportunity. It's something that uh, it just popped up into my universe, like a lot of things do, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's like when you desire something and, you know, the universe just throws it at you. And that's exactly how I came across your, you know, book series. And I thought, oh, that was fantastic. It's a great place to be in. So thank you for that. And uh, yes, about my business is uh, emotional fitness for women. And the business is called Emotional Fitness Mastery. I run programs called Be That Woman Who Thrives and wins despite all the odds. And I'm sure you know how many odds women have to face in life. Absolutely. It's all those challenges we have to face on a daily basis. And one of the ones that you've had to face is the, the, the sadness. Your father died when you were 17. What impact did that have on your life? Uh, devastating impact at the time and it took a long while to get out of that uh, emotionally Um, firstly he I mean for me personally he was my hero um, my cheerleader Um, I'm I'm the youngest of three kids and uh, I think my mom was sick and tired of raising kids so you know poor old dad was the one left with uh, you know being my cheerleader you know sort of powering me on through life Mm -hmm. and uh, so losing him all of a sudden was obviously a huge, uh, you know, a big heartbreak, big blow. Um, and, and moreover, he was the only provider in our family. So, so suddenly not having him was also detrimental, obviously, on our financials, on our day-to-day life, everything. Um, and being from India, being from a traditional joint family where women didn't work, you know, my, it was my granddad and my dad and my uncles, and we had like this whole family big business. Um, the, the obvious answer from everybody was, oh, let's get her married off. Uh, you know, she's going to be a burden on her mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that was more of, it was just sort of re, re-emphasizing every other thing that I was going through emotionally at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it was a huge, huge hard hitting thing. And, 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 it, it sort of made me, I wouldn't say rebel, but it made me fight saying, oh, I have to do whatever I can to not get married off because the guy they wanted me to marry was a 30 year old man in the US. Mm-hmm. And I was 17 and they were like, oh, she's going to be 18 in you know, six months. Mm-hmm. As soon as she's 18, it'll be legal. Let's just get her married. And I was like, oh, you know, so I didn't know whether to deal with the grief or to deal with the financial challenges or to, you know, deal with, you know, resist 
mm. being married off. I, I had all of these challenges going on at the same time. Um, yeah. So what an that. incredible period of time that must have been for you, because it, as you said, it is managing the grief, but that the, the power that you must have found inside of yourself to say, no, I, this isn't what I want to happen. And my dad's always told me that I'm that I can do things and that I am capable. That must and, and the cultural things in between all of that. It's there's a lot. Was, it, it was definitely a lot. And, uh, you know, I, and, and I think eventually I did end up being called the rebel, even though I wasn't sort of rebelling, but I was the rebel because I was the odd one in, in that sort of a context, mm. you know. Um, so in the chapter, you talk about the, the hotels. Where did yes. your love of exclusive hotels come from? So again, dad's business was very, very high profile. Uh, they, at, at that time, they, dealed with, uh, they dealt with uh, you know, bi- uh, finance businesses and you know, dealing with international banks and transactions. And they had very wealthy clients all around the world. Um, so all of these clients would always have their events at the Taj Mahal Hotel, which is wow. the world's most iconic hotel. It was built like in 1903 uh, when the British were still in India. And that was, uh, if anybody can relate, that was unfortunately the hotel that got bombed in the 26-11 terrorist attacks that happened in Bombay. Mm. Um, So that was, being the most iconic hotel, all of these high-profile events would happen there. And I would always be dad's plus one, um, you know, sort of tag along because they had the best ice cream. You couldn't get that ice cream anywhere else except at that hotel. Yeah, you know, because it was handmade, it was done exclusively by the chefs there. So it was more like a treat every single time there was an event, I'd be his plus one. And it would be such an amazing feeling just to sort of strut into that hotel, you know, with the grand staircase and this whole, you know, the, you know, the history around it and the era. And I was like, this is the place I want to be at, you know. Mm. And, and it just sort of stuck from there. And then as, as I grew up and I went to college, we didn't, we didn't have university in India, we had college. Um, so what you do as you know, accounting and business and stuff we did in college over there, my friends and I would sneak out of our lectures just to go and have a coffee at the coffee shop and you know, save up our pocket money. And so it was just sort of the whole ambience was like so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sort of grew from there. And ironically, I ended up working there you know, that was my only proper job yeah. that I ever had. And I ended up just sticking with the whole industry. And yeah. And what an incredible experience. What, what was the business that you then had with exclusive hotels? Yes. Yeah, so what I did, I mean, I worked with the same hotel company, mm-hmm. uh, but I never worked in that hotel, even though I had a beautiful office there. Um, Ten years in the company and I did a whole lot of stuff with tech uh, funny I, mm-hmm. I was just telling you earlier that I am a bit geeky so I ended up doing a lot of tech for hotels mm-hmm. um, and we ended up building a lot of technology in-house so that you know the business the operations and how things were happening would be more efficient in terms of operating the whole property um, and and it just flashed in my head one day that if this iconic hotel company with all of the money and all of the funding and all of the you know mm. amazing stuff had so many challenges imagine how bad it would be for you know somebody who's not in this category of hotels and that's when it just sort of flashed as a business idea I'm like hey why don't i just go and do the same thing for all you know other hotels so i put my resignation got out 
went and contacted all of the nice boutique hotels in India, mm-hmm. ended up getting uh, three of the most iconic ones as my first clients. And it just sort of set off from there. It's amazing. Uh, it is incredible when you can find that gap and you go with it and coming from where you came from where um women don't get jobs as a rule and you just absolutely sm- and not just smashed it I'm a woman hear me raw but also smashed it in tech <laughs> I, oh I did I did it just, was a bit and systems and procedures and telling them I just yay you go um what made you leave that and retrain with NLP um I did quite leave it because uh, funnily, I still have my company because we Mm -hmm. started that business 15 years ago in terms of helping other hotels to really set themselves up and improve their revenues and their businesses. So I never really left it because I still love my hotels. I still love, you know, going around to them, training their teams, all of that. But for me, NLP just came about by, it was random. It was, I, I just received an invite from somebody saying, hey, this you know, person is India's youngest NLP trainer. And why don't you go attend a free workshop? I'm like, yeah, okay. And that was again, about seven, 15 or 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. And after that workshop, I'm telling you, it's such a cliche, but things miraculously just started happening in my life, exactly the way I had imagined I wanted them to happen. Mm-hmm. So whether it was the the venue where I got married or whether it was the outfit that I was wearing or whether how I wanted to look as a bride or the fact that I wanted to, you know, travel to Singapore, which was a big thing, you know, being in Bombay, going to Singapore was like, oh, you like you've arrived, you know, in life, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sort of thing. Uh, all of those things, they just started happening in my life. And I said, oh, there is something to NLP that I need to find out what it is about. Um, So I never did anything with it until I moved to London. But then I had my son and I was busy looking after him. And once he was all grown up, I went for the first NLP course that I could find, went and trained at all of the levels, became an NLP trainer. And then realized a lot of these skills, because they involved communication, they involved people skills, they involved connecting, rapport building, how to develop your own charisma, all of those things that NLP covers um, is stuff that hoteliers should know because they are the ones dealing with people all the time. And I said, Mm -hmm. let's let let the tech be. Let's give them the human skills. Wow. And that's how emotional fitness started coming about because there's so many women in hospitality who struggle with dealing with different kinds of clients. They struggle with, you know, how to handle people. And and one of the unfortunate things about the hospitality industry is that there is a perception that the women are available and they get hit on and then they don't know how to deal with these kind of things. It just sort of kills their confidence. It shakes them up and it doesn't allow them to really perform really well at their place of work. So it all sort of came about saying, oh, let's go and empower these women. You know, let's go give them these emotional skills. Yeah. The skills. That's amazing. Uh, If there was one lesson that you would want every entrepreneur to know, what would it be? Oh, always just follow your gut. If your gut's telling you to do something, do it, figure out you know, the logic or the technicalities afterwards, just Mm -hmm. follow your gut. Because if your gut's telling you, that means you are on the right track. It may be hard. I I mean, we know 
building a business is hard mm. uh, and can be, uh, you know, sometimes you just feel like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. But, yeah. but just remember what your gut told you the first time around and just go with it. Absolutely. Agreed. What's your favorite piece of business software? Mm, there's so many. See, I'm a techie now. It's a hard one to choose, right? Um, but I would say from all, it would be Asana. Mm-hmm. Asana is my go-to productivity tool. It's it's really sorted my mind and my life both, literally. Yeah. So I'll be like, you know, organizing myself or making sure that it's like now, if it's not an Asana, I don't do it. It's literally like that. Yeah. I, I love that. And so I, we're talking earlier about so many different pieces of software out there, but people need to know how their brains work. And some people like Trello, some people like Asana, some people like Basecamp. It's how your mind works best to be able to, to, uh, to be productive. So brilliant. I love Asana. Yes. Amisha, this has been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for writing a chapter for book five of Shine On You Crazy Daisy. I can't wait to get your story out there. I can't wait to read the book and I can't wait for everybody to read it. And, you know, hopefully it'll inspire some of them to get started, follow their gut and just go with it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. If you're a businesswoman looking for that community that will support you and lift you up, come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership, offering online networking, co-working, collaboration and monthly masterclasses to grow your knowledge. Go to the daisychaingroup.com for more information. And for even more inspiration, please go to the link under this video and get your copy of the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world.